Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the latest Broken Oars podcast. Um, we've been away for a little bit, uh, partly, in fact, frequently, because we've been actually, rather than talking about rowing, we've been out and doing rowing. Um, the, the weather has been glorious, and there have been races, and... Um, yeah, we, I think we have adventures to share. I've, I've even done, as a 46-year-old man, a two-kilometre rowing test. Talk us through that, Lewin. Talk us through it and tell us how your two-kilometre rowing test as a 46-year-old man was one second of my personal best ever, you talented genetic freak, you. There is, as the young people say, a lot to unpack in that question. And, I, you know, I, I think we should come back to this issue of, like, talented genetic freakiness and, and, two, and 2K, in fact, just ergo scores full stop, because there's not a lot of guessing around that. But it was, um, I, we spoke last time on the podcast about a, a rower, an acquaintance of mine, a friend of mine, actually, who I rode with back in the early parts of this century, um, that's the who, 21st century, ladies and that, gentlemen. That, We're that's not talking the, about the 19th, moving into the 20th we, century. We, we had we had um, we had sliding seats. I wasn't forgetting accidentally that we were still in the 20th century. Uh, yeah, so back in 2005, 2006, 2007, I rode with this guy called Dave Villiers, and he passed away quite tragically young um, from lung cancer, and. Um, that sort of brought that whole crew back together and that was quite emotional and um, it was very sad, but it was also a very uplifting experience. And we've, we stayed in touch on a WhatsApp group. And one of the things we agreed to do, partly as a motivation for some of the crew members who have not necessarily been as diligent in keeping up with the fitness routine, was we were all going to do a 2K test. And it had to be it's like, you know, it's just like where you are now, not necessarily any training for it. Just sit down, do a 2K test by the end of August and essentially just, you know, go for it, smash it out, see what you get. And I did this and I was very nervous. It's not been a great summer for physical training, I'd say. I've had COVID. I've had various stupid injuries shall we talk about the time that you nearly chopped your finger off lewin um, while wearing gloves that weren't cut but the finger had to be reattached by a surgery team that was flown in from the united states at great well, expense it wasn't, wasn't quite that bad it was uh it was a nurse practitioner who kind of cleaned the wound and stereostripped it but yeah that was that was really stupid of me but no uh literally straight after doing the 2k i went out and did some gardening and um hurt my finger but yeah so I, I did the tk with a slightly wonky wrist um oh the excuses start coming in the finger was bad the wrist the, the, was bad this is why i, I didn't trained. beat your 2k pb um and so i started it off thinking i'm just going to go out to beat 640s so i'm going to hold the 140s all the way and i got into it and it's like oh i think i'll go for 139 this is all right. And, and so I just, I sat on the 139s um, until about a thousand meter mark. 
go, go on then it's a 2k you, the whole point is being brave and then um went for the 138s down to 500 then just went flat out and ended up knocking about four and a half seconds off the 136 i was going for at the beginning which was which was nice as they say so yeah i scored one 631.2 i think it was so basically on no training no hands. Not no training i mean I've, I've been rowing quite a lot but it's not i haven't been like thinking about the erg and yeah but i, I mean no i mean no training in the sense that i mean no training for you no training for you is not the same as no training for other people no training for other people's mean means they've been sitting on a couch watching the rings of power while stuffing nandos and takeaways into their mouth no training for you means you've only been doing two sessions a day it's not the same thing it's not it's not quite the same thing so yeah no training for me it, it was basically and um, i got 631 um and i was actually to be honest i was quite chuffed with it um and oh i'm glad you're chuffed with it yeah <laughs> you know you're one second off my off my pb that i could re reproduce almost effortlessly without will but could never beat which made dennis just sigh at me in a scots way <laughs> and you've just casually knocked it out you know 12 years after the fact 10 years 12 years after the fact i mean i'm good for about 30 strokes post long COVID as I slowly recover uh, and my 2k score will remain between Dan and myself at this present stage in my life. Of course, it will remain between Dan and myself until Lewin emails Dan and asks him what it was. And then he'll ring a really good point. Yeah. He'll ring me back and then laugh at me, but it's definitely not 6.30 anymore. I know that much. Yeah. But I mean, the, the thing about the, uh, the De Villiers Memorial challenge is that, I may have shot myself in the foot because obviously there are some guys there who've, um, including Bradley, and we'll come on to Bradley in a second. There's a lot to be said about Bradley. Okay. Um, a dangerously good looking man. But essentially, a lot of people haven't been doing any training. They, they found other important things to occupy their time. They put on quite a lot of weight. Um, Eating a lot of cheese did seem to feature in a lot of these guys' reports. Um, but, yeah, so, you know, there weren't a lot of sub-seven times, basically. Okay. Um, let, let's put it that way. Um, and it was, in fact, only the second time I've ever beaten Bradley on an ergo test. So uh yeah and uh, but the whole thing is we've we've got to come back like every three months and like do another 2k test all the way through and it's like who improves the most over the year so you're doing a full year's worth of these tests this is like yeah. a, a regular thing yeah do you That's expect bradley to get the bit between his teeth and and start chasing you down it all depends on his job so so bradley works with horses Okay. Um, and last time I checked, which is which is another reason <laughs> that um, you would never ever want to introduce your wife to Bradley, is that Bradley works with the horses that are too insane and too dangerous and too violent for any other horse vet specialist to work with. 
So he, he literally has to wear riot gear to go in and like deal with these horses. Is he like a horse whisperer? He's a bit of a horse whisperer. He's a horse physio- physiotherapist. What, like like a stallion comes and goes, I've got a bit of a sprain in, in my fetlock. Could you please give me some deep tissue massage? As horses Quite literally. Do. Quite okay. literally. Um, so, yeah, he has to perform deep tissue massage on horses, which requires a fair amount of strength. And Bradley was never short of a fair amount of strength. And he he bounced around the kind of like the outer reaches of the GV system for a while. And his personal best is 558. Now, Bradley was a normal human being. His personal best was 558.7. He was a very, very strong, very determined guy. So essentially, if he if he gives himself the time and the space. And I, I think he's got at least five years on me. He'll, he'll come back and he, he will improve. Um, but yeah, he, he blew up quite spectacularly in his 2K test. So he ended up uh, kind of like collapsing over the line in about eight minutes. Let me guess. He made the mistake that we all make, which is thinking that we can still do what we used to do when we trained 26 hours a week, went off like a rocket and limped home, home like a snail with an ankle injury. Literally, yeah. I mean, we, we both started that 2K test at the same speed. Okay. <laughs> and he's done no training. That basically means he's good for about 300 metres until the body starts handing the cheque, you know, the, the invoice in saying, right, could you please settle up your bill now? Well, 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 there is this level of natural beastliness to Bradley. So he essentially, he was good for 500 metres. And then like the next, the next K was quite slow. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, it's one of those things. I just get the feeling that he, he doesn't, doesn't need to do a training program. He can just like knock out for about three, four weeks, like three hard sessions a week, and he'll be back down. He'll be back. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it, it, it's one of those things. You you can't do it without training, but it, I think it's like it's how little training you need to get there. I I was quite chuffed with it. Um, I think I can go faster. I think I can improve. I think next August with like a plan and possibly a carefully periodized plan um maybe devised for me by a, a clever man who knows what he's talking about hello have tony we spoken, have we spoken to a clever man who knows what he's talking about i'm, I'm trying um, to think of clever people who come on our podcast i mean the really clever ones don't come on our podcast <laughs> but um i'm thinking of a man we've interviewed quite recently who will be coming out on the pod next next friday coming indeed indeed yeah. Um, Can I ask a question? And I, I know that you're going to play the I have a demanding job and small children card. But given that you can pull what most club rowers pull to get in a Henley boat, are you actually going to make a final run at getting the, um, you know, the red box, a man of your talent? Now, you know, now you've got the technique to add to your impressively freakish genetics. All dreams of red box are well beyond me. Um, all dreams of the Henley final, I'm just like, nah, I'm not doing it. Um, there are various reasons why not, including like having small children who I think would be entirely willing to like sacrifice time with daddy if it meant that daddy was like winning races and you mean there's a medal, daddy. Oh, there's a medal. That's like 
um, if, if, if they if they get to like see me win stuff, they're they're very very happy. Um, I'm not entirely sure that's fair, but also I just think at a club standard, you know, at the Brit, the Wifold, the Thames, the standard is so high. Yeah, in terms of the talent, the boat moving talent of the people in the boats, and the physical talent as well in many cases that realistically a what would be 47 year old man albeit possessed of like some natural inclination towards the sport would be a very very foolish thing to set my hopes on i like the idea of the original ambition which was getting to Henley again and winning a race on Wednesday if I'm honest you know I, at, at the moment what I should be saying is and I will do anything Aaron whatever it takes I'm going to work 110 percent the truth is I'm not I know it, it's like you know and uh, again it, it, I'm going to quote Eric Murray on this one it's priorities mate you know you, you decide what you want in life and you go for it. Um, and, you know, Eric went from being one of, maybe the greatest um, endurance, endurance athlete of his era to being a very large part-time carer and, you know, um, PR consultant, essentially. Um, yeah. You know, he, 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 he just snapped his fingers and said, you know, I know what's important in my life. And strictly speaking, I know that spending time with my kids, my kids spending time with me, essentially ensuring in these troubled times, shall we say, that I have secure employment is more important than um, what is essentially a young man's dream, which is destroying the field on the weekend at Henley Royal Regatta. To see, yes, to see your enemies slain, to see them scattered before you and to hear the lamentations of their women as that well-known coach Genghis Dennis O'Neill once said about Agecroft's approach oh, wow. to racing. I, I, yeah. I, actually, I actually did this properly, so hang on. Early no, no, I, 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 I boulderized the full quote. It was like, what are the greatest thing, things in life? And it's like all the, you know, holding yeah. a falcon on your wrist and all these things and the, the wind, wind, in, your, step the in, your wind in your hair. Which and it was all... like, no, it, it was to see your enemies driven behind you to horizon them into the distance and to hear the lamentations of their coxswains. <laughs> Something like that. Genghis Dennis, yeah. I think I think Eric is a Eric is a good example. I mean not just because he's one of the greatest rowers of all time, but he literally clicked his fingers and became a dad and a husband again, because he realized it was more important. Uh, uh, dancing with the stars um star again, you know, and now I think he pretty much enjoys his life. He enjoys doing his uh essency sessions which are great um he enjoys his golf and he enjoys he enjoys living you know which yeah. is which is the thing what exactly is the seal situation on the time at the moment i mean can i be blunt yeah can i be really blunt and i don't go, want go to sound i don't want to sound like a genetic mutant cross between liz truss and pretty patel but they come over here they take our jobs they sleep with our women there's just lots of them at the minute on the time there's been it's been a real year for wildlife on the time then i have to say 
because the universities are about to come back. Um, you know, Durham will be back in the compound shortly. Newcastle were already out yesterday. Everything is ramping up. The river will be incredibly busy. It's been a, a six or eight weeks of just glorious, glorious water and weather on the Tyne. I've never seen so many salmon leaping. And actually, I did a little poll on our Twitter feed. So, so do you actually know why salmon jump? Because the current theory is it's because they can, like it's a, it's an expression of youthful vigor as they head up the river to spawn. I mean, I, I, I think, I mean, salmon have to leap to get up the river, don't they? I mean, yeah, but that's just... like waterfalls and stuff. But this is what this is just on the bit near the boathouse and on the strait. It's just flat water, and they literally just leap up. You know, three yeah. Or four but I mean, if if, if you were if if your entire breeding success relied on you being able to leap out of the water a considerable distance, yeah, you'd probably have to practice. You're saying they're training. I I'm saying there is an instinctive drive amongst salmon to push themselves. They're just swimming along and they yeah. just go, hmm, right, okay, I, I'm just going to try leaping. So, I mean, I think it is because you can, but also because they're natural born leapers. I mean, if you, if you were naturally the best high jumper in the world, I don't you'd, like be, you, you'd just be like, you know, I'm just standing next to a park bench. I'm just going to jump over it. Wouldn't you? That would just be showing off, though. I mean, is is there like a Jürgen Grobler salmon waiting at Tynemouth? And as each one comes in, he goes, right, let's take a look at you. Right, what we need to do is we need to do some low-rate mileage here. But as you come through Newcastle, I want you to start incorporating elements of the leap. I want you to work on your tail twitch. And we need to be looking at a vertical explosion out of the water and really, really driving those shoulders through and pulling upwards out of the water and then just back down. By the time you get to Newburn, I need to, be, I need to see these reps, lads. I need to see these reps. Otherwise, there's no salmon nirvana for you at the end of the river. I'm going to say no, there is no salmon. Jürgen Grobler, but I just think they do all those things naturally. Okay. I, I, literally, I literally just think they have an instinct to jump and it, it doesn't need a waterfall. Okay. And it's going to, and it's going to kick in the closer and closer they get to their kind of that, you know, they always swim back to the same point. Don't they? they always go back to the same point. Yeah. Um, so Henry will Henry, Henry Williamson, who, who wrote Tarka the Otter and Salah the Leaper, and who was a kind of a late Victorian uh, nature writer, had this idea that they did it to get rid of sea lice. It was that they, they itched them when they moved from salt water to fresh water. So they leapt up and splashed down to try and get rid of the sea lice that they had. But given that he was also a fascist, can we therefore surmise that Henry Williamson, even though he was a wonderful nature writer, where everything dies all of the time in the end, didn't know what he was talking about in this instance? I don't know, um, because I've never asked the salmon. This is the thing. I can actually believe the, the I can believe the sea lice function. Okay. Um, I can believe also the other option, which is they're being chased by seals. Well, that's the thing. There's been a lot of seals on the time this year. We were going up to Wylam uh, on Thursday night, which was a, a lovely paddle. And we were accompanied by a seal all the way coming back down the strait before the White House. And the current theory is that the the clock he of was our blades, yeah, the clock of our blades in the water sound like a salmon splashing down. So he'd vanish, and then every so often he'd come up and kind of just give us a look, and then back 
towards us. It was, I was at stroke, so I would have got eaten first. It was quite worrying. It was like, lads, let's, let's take the catch really softly. Um, there are lots of things where I think we look at aquatic mammals with altogether not enough skepticism. They when when you look at look. your average dolphin, right? <laughs> your average dolphin is basically a 500 pound tube of muscle that can move at about 40 miles an hour and it's tipped with a hard bony spear at the end of it. Yeah. If you're swimming in the water with a dolphin mm. and that dolphin decides it really doesn't like you, you're in a lot of trouble. I mean, genuinely, this, this is, yes, it eats fish, but it's a predatory mammal. In a kind of Harvey Weinstein sense or in, a, in the fact that it hunts and eats other fish? I mean, it hunt, hunts and eats other animals. Right. And I'm, I'm just sitting there and I'm, I'm thinking, you know, yes, Harvey Weinstein was also a 500 pound predatory mammal. But yeah, I could probably run away from him. The dolphin, you're not going to swim faster than that. Are you saying, and I want to be clear about this, because for some reason, and I don't know how this has happened, that, that there'd be that there's a public perception that on this podcast, you are the intelligent one who asks who asks pertinent and nuanced questions, and I'm the comic relief. Are you saying that all of the myths that exist in all of the cultures around the world about dolphins coming to the aid of drowning sailors and 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 they rescue people and they they keep sharks away from people? Are you basically saying that? that's propaganda on the part of the dolphins because they don't want us to investigate too closely where all of the bodies have gone. I'm saying that those stories are very much survivor's bias. Right. I'm saying there's probably a natural variability in how tolerant dolphins are of people. And at one extreme out here, mm -hmm. you've got dolphins pushing wounded sailors back to shore. Right. In the middle you've got dolphins kind of ignoring people and staying away. Mm -hmm. And out here, you've got dolphins drowning people in deep water so their bodies are never found. Right. And if they're good enough at it, there's no evidence. So you're saying that dolphins could well be serial killers. I mean, I'm just taking a logical step on this argument here. I'm saying that your average dolphin, your average sea lion, your average killer whale. People still swim in the water with killer whales. They, I'm look, just looking so, at that. they look so cute. The black and white, then you cast on supporters. They don't look cute. They're the size of a van and they've got a mouthful of teeth. So have you. I still talk to you. They eat medium sized aquatic mammals. What are you saying? Okay. We, when we go swimming in the water, we're medium-sized aquatic mammals, and we're the worst swimmers out there. I mean, just who I, I genuinely think. I mean, it's like the people who climb into the lion enclosure. Mm -hmm. Okay, except the thing is, when you get eaten by the lions in the lion enclosure, somebody's there to videotape it. Okay, put it on YouTube. It, there's evidence. When you go swimming with killer whales and you don't come back it was a tragic drowning incident right okay so can i and i'm i'm on you know my my i'm a bear of very little brain so i'm trying to follow the logic here are you saying that that if if members of your family ever invite you to a swimming with dolphins experience 
you need to check your will and take safety precautions? I'm saying make sure that you're not the weakest swimmer in that group. Because, okay. you know, it's like, and if you're going to swim with dolphins, don't swim alone. Always swim with someone who's slower than you. This is turning into a very interesting pod. It's moved off the subject of rowing, but we've established Completely, that. Henry, yeah. Yeah. Henry Williamson was a fascist who didn't know much about nature. Dolphins are fascists with good propaganda um, machines and they eat people. And don't go swimming for a swimming with dolphins experience if invited to by your family because they're just trying to get rid of you if you're a poor swimmer. Quite possibly. Now, yeah, so rowing. I, yeah, that we should probably get back to rowing, shouldn't we? Let's, let's now, come back to rowing because we have, we, we have I feel, a, a massive announcement, a shift in the policy and direction of broken oars as we know it. We have, and you're probably going to be hearing a lot more about this in the coming weeks because it's kind of our job now. Yes. Somebody, somebody has turned around and said, if you mention who we are and what we do, we will provide you with capital resources. Yes. And, um, and we're incredibly grateful to, to these fine people. And we are now, technically, we are a sponsored podcast. We are. Shall we say who we are being sponsored by? We, we, we should. We should. We are being sponsored by the innovative and highly design-led company, Manscaped. A company that is there for all your male grooming needs. And by all, we do mean all your male grooming needs. Yes, there are parts of the male anatomy that they groom that we didn't actually know existed. And Loon and I both have biology A-levels. They are that good. Indeed. Um, and so currently, Manscaped has been kind enough to send us their performance package 4.0. Indeed. And we are going to take this opportunity to unbox the performance package 4.0. This is an honest to God YouTube unboxing. We've never done one before. And because we are literally unboxing our packages, all small children should be ushered from the room at this point. Indeed. This is a time to start using the headphones, I think. I so, think. Aaron, so, which, which one of us is going first to, to, um, to display his box of goodies? Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give a little bit of context and then we're going to get into it. So do you remember, Lewin, when Andrew Hodge got in touch with us and said, I like the podcast, can we come on? And we didn't reply to it for a fortnight because we thought that someone was being a professional <laughs> Andy Hodge impersonator. Yes. Um, Anne-Marie from Manscaped got in touch and said, we love the podcast, which instantly made us suspicious because we've never had such praise and said, we, we'd like to we'd like to consider sponsoring you. We'd like to um, send you some products. We'd like you to try them out, use them, see what you think about them. And then we'll have a trial period and we'll see if some of your listeners um, can, you know, take advantage of a 20% uh discount offer through broken oars and which, then is, a, which that, is a generous discount officer it's a pre and free shipping as well it is a it Indeed. is a damn fine um discount which starts from the 12th of september and all you need to do is go to the manscaped website and use the discount code broken oars all one word and i kind of went 
yes, that's fine. Who is this really? Who do you work for? Is this one of Lewin's jokes? And it turned out that it actually was Manscaped. And we had a bit of a chat. We had a bit of chat of a chat about our demographic, which of course is our people from the world of rowing, men, women, children, animals of all ages. Um, and she sent us out a performance pack and we have it here and I've never done an unboxing. I've, I've seen them on YouTube before. And people it's, make it's big... brilliant, isn't it? I, yeah. I, I feel like we've made it. It has to be said that somebody from British Rome did offer us 15 quid if we'd shut up and go away. Yes. I mean, he just like, he took out his wallet and said, listen, I'll give you money will you go away. But... Yes. Technically, um, Manscaped is our second offer of sponsorship. British Rowing offered us money if we shut up, uh, but we refused to take it. We will not be muzzled. Um, despite their best efforts, uh, the assassins that try to swim the moat nightly are being eaten by crocodiles, even as we speak. The crocodiles are really hacked off about being in the north because the seals keep trying to kill them. So shall we, shall we just dive straight into the performance package? And if you've been listening to us, dear listeners, you know that, that all of Luna and I's packages are performance orientated. Well, they um, are indeed. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the webcam here. Oh. And look at that. Look at that. Here we go. Right. That is swag. That so, is swag. So here is the box. Right. And on top of this is the Manscaped Weed Whacker. Well, let me just an electric nose and ear well. trimmer. Right. The waterproof. I, I don't think you should take it in the boat with you. I don't, I don't think it's waterproof as in if you capsize, as I have recently. Mm. Oh, dear. Have we, have we got that? Yeah, we, we've got that on uh, the whole kind of mirror image thing. But I, I don't think this is going to survive a trip to the bottom of the River Stour. It also uses skin-safe technology, which means um, there's a great reduction in chance of nicks and cuts. And I have to say... I'm, I'm unboxing this now. This is a slight cheap because I have used this and it's a rather sleek device. It's a beautifully designed piece of kit. There we go. Now, this isn't the shopping channel. We don't do this we for a living. Um, but actually, I, I, I like that. And I don't, I don't want to be the first to say it on the podcast, Loon, but given that we are gentlemen of a certain age, we've probably been putting off getting hold of a nose and ear hair trimmer far longer than we should have. Would that be a fair thing to say? I think that's an entirely reasonable statement to make. I, okay. I, I do think that, you know, we, we should have done this earlier. And um, bizarrely enough, I did actually use the Manscaped Weed Whacker. Right. <laughs> um, a little earlier today. And I do feel considerably less tickly in, in, in the nose region. Shall I just, um, um, as, as we talk, shall I just actually give it a, a whirl? If any brain starts to come out, uh, I mean, you know where I'm based, Loon. Do call an ambulance, please. So I, um, I will do. I, I have your address, um, or at least your postcode. That's very nice. Not really vibration. Let me just use the... There we go. Well, that was relatively painless. And I have no spiders crawling down my nose towards my upper lip now. Fantastic. Excellent. I like that. I'm, I'm, I'm actually really enjoying this. I have branded merchandise to wear. Oh, we've got a T-shirt. Let me see. Let me just... Uh, let we me got get a T-shirt. Yeah. So, Manscaped. Your there balls, we go, Manscaped. Your balls will thank you. 
I think this is we're possibly... Not, we're not a PC family-friendly No, we're relatively family-friendly. We're nice to small children, you know. Um, I think what I'm going to do is get my ever-artistic wife to, just behind us, pop the Manscaped logo up on the wall. Right. I, uh, I, I, I won't tell her what it is. Right. I'll get us to paint a picture of the Manscaped and, and, logo. Will it just be the logo or, or will it be showing some of the products in action? And will you be the model for that? Nobody wants to see that, Aaron. Nobody wants to see that. Um, see that. So that is the Manscaped Weed Whacker, which is the nose, the nasal and ear hair trimmer. Now, wash in between those two. Yeah. Just like if, if, if you are an older gentleman, that will be something that you've probably been putting off for far longer than you should have. But even if you are a younger gentleman, it is something to get into, I think, because the lady in your life does not like being kissed by something that tickles her, unless it's Indeed. yeah. So I quite like it's swiftly on. It's so it's waterproof. So there's a weather dry operation. The head is removable for easy cleaning. Has a smart design. It's it is both intelligently and elegantly contoured. It's cordless and rechargeable. So there's none of that terrible stuff where the toaster on the edge of the bath goes in and you short all of the lights out and granny is no more. The head is replaceable. I, I'm, I, I feel chuffed. I feel like for the first time in my life, I won't be relying on my natural beauty. Don't laugh, Lewin. I might actually develop a skincare um, regimen and hygiene regimen. What yeah. else do you have? Right. I'm, I'm going to bring this one around here. Okay. We've got... This is this is the main this is the main event I feel. So mm. um, this is the rest of the performance pack 4.0. And remember, and we all, have all rolling practices are performance. Oof. This is the real deal. This is the um, the Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0, which is a remarkably advanced piece of kit. As someone who has owned, shall we say, non-intimate hair clippers before, this is this is it. Right. So this has got a ceramic blade, um, so it's not going to get um, blunt anytime soon. Yeah, uh, we have got a a light right there. So if you happen to be trimming in less well lit areas of your personage, you know exactly what you're doing. You can see this is again rechargeable and waterproof, so you have that wet and dry option. But ladies yeah. and gentlemen, don't don't submerge your your lawnmower 4.0. I think, yeah, I think we're looking at waterproof, not necessarily something that you'd go diving in the Mariana Trench with. Also, um, it has interchangeable heads, so you can pick a length and uh, essentially what we would say is use a guard around your goods. Now, I have a theory, Lewin because obviously the rings of power is now being shown, that the, the weed whacker, an earlier model, was what actually Galadriel gave to Frodo in Lothlorien. It wasn't a light in the darkness to light the way. It was by the time he got to Mordor, his bits would probably need trimming. So I think that Frodo and Sam were probably early advocates of the Manscaped performance package. And yeah. as we know, all rowers of all ages and sexes all of their performances are very well packaged or their packages are very well performed. You can mess about with that one as much as you like. The landscape look, um, I'm intrigued by this. I just thought that you had your bits and your bits were your bits, but now it looks like we can actually 
I'm thinking of, of the Tiny United logo around around my nether regions at some point. Um, indeed, I'm, I, I, I was thinking that the, the possibilities for um, carving sponsorship mes messages into the upper bodies of very few members of your squad are, are limited only by the imagination of the individuals concerned. I'm just and, a quick look at the, the accessories. Okay. And the steadiness of the hand, I presume. Um, I don't oh, know much about I don't know much about fade haircutting. I believe it's as again, like tattoos, a thing that the youth do, but I think you need a fairly steady hand to get a nice fade. But you can practice both on yourself and on other people, I think. Yes, possibly. Um, consenting other people. It should be mentioned that consenting other, other people's people. body hair without consent is okay. So it's an issue. Accessories-wise, I have a brush which is for cleaning the head. I guess you have a brush as well, Lewin. I, I do. Uh, I, well, it is right here. Yes, I, I have a brush. I have, have various have a, length of trimmers. We have a series of guards, which is nice. Yeah. Oh, I have. I have a little stand. I guess that is the the recharging and power up stand. Yeah. And I think the theory is that you 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 power it up before you use it in the same way that you do with an iPhone or, or an electronic device to get the battery up and running to its fullest potential. That's actually you can tell that Manscaped are a Californian company because that is the stand. And I don't know if you can see that because I'm obviously in the north and I'm having to paint each one of these frames as they go by. But that is beautifully designed i think I, I i think i think to be honest i'm genuinely quite impressed with just kind of the level of quality here um i mean that now, is that is cool uh, you know it's, it's a work of design isn't it it is so, a work somebody of design has art. and they've said not only are we going to make this functional we're going to make it really rather easy on the eye um they, they have included a pair of manscaped anti-chaffing boxer briefs which i should wear with pride and mo most importantly, I'm, you know, Actually, they didn't why have you... to give me this. What have they given I... you? They, they, they I must have the same. A wash bag. I don't know. I mean, there you oh, go. it's, it's a toilet roll bag. Um, it's very nice, actually. It has uh, separate compartments inside. It appears to be made of leather with a nylon inner. And you know what? I think. I basically just took a bar of soap and some shampoo in the bottom of my kit bag. I'm going to have to seriously up my game now that I'm a Manscaped ambassador, aren't I? In many ways, Harry. I'm thinking I mean, a drug. I'm thinking you've got you've got to get down. I mean, literally, Manscaped aren't going to want to keep sponsoring us unless I can get down towards six twenty, and you can get down towards at least six forty. That's a big ask, given that I only have like 20% of my kidneys left. Let me talk to Dan and see if that's possible. I, I, I was thinking more, I could just become more like a social media influencer, like, like get a haircut that isn't a dad haircut, maybe a dragon tattoo going down across my breast, some kind of spray tan, and lots of kind of grooming shorts on our, on our YouTube feed. Possibly, yeah. Um... While you debate that... Let me vanish off camera because nobody wants to see this while I try the briefs. You're, you're going to, I tell you what, yeah. You can go and try on the Manscaped anti-chafing boxer briefs okay. and report back while I discuss the final products in the performance package, which are the Crop Reviver, which is a refreshing ball tanner. Okay. And Crop Preserver. 
which is these... a ball deodorant. Right. Um, so, so for essentially, your... ladies, if your man doesn't smell like the man you want your man to smell like, possibly this is the opportunity for you to invest in a Manscaped performance package 4.0 so your man can smell like the man you want your man to smell like. What do they actually smell like though, Luna? Let me just go and try these on. Right, you, on. you talk us through the scent test. I want to hear notes of lemon and musk with a, with a, with a hint of wild stallion. Uh, you know, I want, a, I want a full taste test while I just very quickly slip these on. Well, I'll, I'll be able to spot the lemon and musk. I'm not sure about the hints of wild stallion because I smell like that normally, but here we go. Oh my word. <laughs> Actually, oh. me, this is really nice. Um, it's- Lewin, Lewin, I feel fast already. These are really nice. Are they? These are like snug. These are really, I'm wearing these I, for I the rest I of my I life. You didn't need to see that, Aaron. But yes. Um, actually, the uh, the crop reviser, reviser, yeah, reviser, the refreshing ball toner, yeah, smells genuinely very, very pleasant. It, it's, Let me just. Um, I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm necessarily going to waste this simply on an area that I don't. I'm not flex enough, flexible enough to smell anymore. Oh, that's really nice. It is. It's great, isn't it? That is really. That's re That is a. Really nice. Wow. That, that, that is, I think that's going back to the, that takes me back to the 90s. Are we talking about uh, men's after shaving and cologne I'm saying, in the 90s? That takes me back to the days of genuinely, or, but back, I, that's it's a, good, isn't it? It's yeah, that's really like nice. a, that's a proper man smell, ladies and gentlemen. That, 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 that is a, that is a smell I'd be proud to wear. Let me try the, the 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 ball deodorant. Maybe they blend and, and produce something interesting. I think I think they're very much the same. They're, they're, they are. That's, kind of, a, that's very nice as well. It's Ooh. it's a classic. It's lemon. It's sandalwood. It's it's citrusy and citrusy, slightly musky, but not in an overpowering. You know, um, Henry Cooper, Kevin Keegan, brute nineteen seventies kind of style. It's just very refreshing. It is. It's lovely. Wow. Like, for an anytime pick me up, spritz your goods once or twice, let air dry. Interesting concept, um, given that I'm, you know, Roman Catholic and basically I have to cover everything up, otherwise God will punish me. But I see what they're doing here. Uh, I'm, 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 wow. You do know that sunburn them. isn't actually a punishment from God. It's just because you're northern. Oh, really? Oh. <laughs> I, I that's, that it, it's, just, it's entirely natural. It requires no higher power so it's not something that i've done that god's punishing me for no no it's simply it's simply ultraviolet radiation well there's a five decade belief exploded live on a podcast yeah, sorry god damn um it. yeah so, so simply enjoying the sun is not a sin that god is punishing you for right and they've even printed um i guess you call it the manscape times the manscape daily news uh they've they've gone big on this they these, have these, these crazy hygienic Californians. Um, I'm, I'm impressed by the quality of, of this entire thing. The, the, the package overall, ladies and gentlemen, and this is for men who are, you know, hairy men or ladies, if you have hairy men in your life, any, anyone, oh, horoscopes. 
Okay, so I'm Cancer, um, 22nd of July. Go to a friend's house, turn on their television, change the channels until you find a reality TV show, take notes on every piece of advice or word of wisdom that is given, do everything opposite of your notes for the whole month. Lewin, what is your star sign? I'm a Sagittarius. I thought so. You are near the end of the year. You may believe you can fly, Lewin. You may believe you can touch the sky. I can see where they're going with this. He's doing 25 to 40, even as we speak. You might think about it night and day. So imagine yourself spreading your wings and flying away. Interesting. No punchline to that one. Uh, I guess you're getting flight lessons that, Christmas, possibly. Is that an R. Kelly reference? It is an R. Kelly reference. Who's now doing 25 to 40. Um, <laughs> perhaps they put this down before he was sentenced. Uh, I... I'm, I'm not I'm not feeling that Manscaped is is a company afraid of a little controversy and and maybe the occasional spicy reference. Indeed. Um, but but yeah, I'm I'm not I'm not really a, a big Art Kelly fan anymore. Well, I think you probably weren't either, given that your background, like mine, is in the heavier end of the spectrum. So, ladies and gentlemen, that is the Manscaped performance package, which. I am now going to go into the bathroom and experiment further with. We are on a two-month trial period with Broken Oars um, with them to see if anyone actually listens to us or whether it's just Loon and I clicking refresh on the uh, Podbean app over and over again. And yeah, our, our, our trial period starts on the 12th of September and runs through till the 12th of November. So loads of opportunities for Christmas presents. And it's 20% off and free shipping with the magic word broken oars at the Manscaped website. Yeah, don't don't forget to include your promotional promotional code. Indeed. Um, and honestly, I, I don't I don't think either of us have any particular hesitation in in quite genuinely recommending these from the bottom of our heart. Um so yeah. uh and yeah, expect more references to um personal grooming and intimate body hair removal in our forthcoming episodes. But done in the inimitable and tasteful Broken or style, there will be very little reference to gentlemen gardens and the foliage. Wind, foliage. Weed whacking. Weed whacking. The wind blowing through your undergrowth on the start line of Henley and how you really should have trimmed before you headed up around the island. Indeed. That's that's an interesting choice of words. Um, there's just yeah, like so much to unpack there. Anyway, um, yes. Have you have you actually have you done any races recently? No, um, I was ill after Rutherford, which was put back to February, and I was I was out of rowing for quite a long time. So basically, this summer has just been um, very gentle paddling. And Dan, young Dan, has been off to Portugal where he has been coaching, and he met up with Jez Moore oh, while brilliant. he was there. So we we had about four or five weeks, um, I guess you'd call it Danless or without without coach. But he, he he did that horrible, bloody awful, sneaky thing where he actually left us a program to follow with drills to do and pieces to do and things to do. So we did it because you know we're rowers and we follow orders. Although that could be something of a podcast thing. Why do British rowers tend to just do what they're told? And Aussie rowers go, no, give me the hacksaw. You know it makes sense. You know, you know everything we've been saying since this podcast started? Aaron, please, tell, please, 
please tell me that you actually pressed record. It's not another Tris. Yeah, yeah no, 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 no. We, 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 we've, we're recording this. Uh, okay. th this is really important. But ever since we have started this podcast, yeah, we've been talking about the importance of sport for all. Yeah. That rowing is a pastime, not just a sport. Yes. And like all these things and the, you know, too much competition in anybody's life can, can lead to too narrow a focus, these sort of things, you know. And I'd just like to say, dear listener, bear in mind that it's Lewin saying this, a man who once refused to follow me up a route at Manchester Climbing Works because I'd got to the top and he wasn't sure that he could. He was so competitive he didn't want to fall off and not complete it. Wow. Fatherhood, you've got pots, haven't you? I knew this was going somewhere. I knew it was going somewhere. Yes, we are complete hypocrites on, on this show. We do like racing. We do like winning. We love it. Um, I, I have been... Okay, again, so, right, this is really important. Coastal rowing. I implore anybody out there who is in any position of power or influence over the racing structure even if that just means you award kind of like you arrange races at your club so if you arrange a head race the first thing i'd like to say i have got a second place trophy in a coastal rowing regatta they give out prizes for second this is a worthing rowing club i have a souvenir that i can drink coffee out of until quite literally the bottom dissolves out of it with the strength of the coffee that I drink. Um, I do think that this simple idea of giving people a reward for not only coming first is something we could really, in the river rowing community, in the flat water rowing community, we could really learn from coastal. But then I say this, and I went and came first at Dance and Dashes, uh, arranged by Gravesend and Erith Rowing Club. Thank you very much, guys. I had a great day. Um, we raced over the immense distance of 400 metres. A whole 400? A whole 400 metres. And Aaron, I'm, I'm going to tell you, that kind of like short distance sprint racing. Yeah. It's, there's a lot to be said for it. So first of all, you can do a lot of these races in a day. Yeah. So you can get that wonderful kind of tension on the start line, um, thinking, you know, not only am I ready to go, I am smooth and sleek down below um, because I'm a manscaped ambassador. Um, but rowing is for big men and big girls with big aerobic capacities. At, in the end, if you are in the top kind of like two, three percent of the height and strength spectrum, you have an advantage just because you've got more places to hide the lactic acid, essentially. You've got more muscle, you've got a bigger heart, you've got bigger lungs, probably. But over 400 metres, over what was literally one minute and 30 odd seconds of racing. No, we weren't going that fast because we're not the fastest crew out there. 
and speed and kind of peak speed arguably matter as much, if not more, than a raw thuggish endurance, the ability to just keep taking another hard stroke. So I, I do think that the shorter races, the 700 meters, the 400 meters, the 600 meters, um, Cambridge Autumn Regatta, God bless you, many happy memories from there, are great tests of running ability. I commend them to the house. Well, I, I would agree with that, not least because, um, as you know, I have said myself, I'm literally good for about 300 metres, anything approaching um, any speed remotely close to what I used to be capable of sustaining for 2,000 or indeed 5,000 metres. Um, because Dan is a good coach, and I hope he never listens to this because I, he'll probably feel that I'm patronising him as an, you know, as an old man, you youngsters, he had us doing a lot of side-by-side -side pieces because a lot of what falls apart when you're row rowing is very much our club, then it's our squad, then it's our crew, then it's our boat. It, it encourages a narrowness of focus on what you're doing. And a lot of the time when we go to races, we, we, can, we can win and lose races just by be, not being used to having a boat alongside us. So Dan's whole thing over the summer has been as a club collective to get us nicely warmed up. And we've been doing lots of really interesting drills like Russian catches and things like that. That doesn't mean rushing into the catch before Dennis emails me and says, well, you were always very good at that era. And I have heard all the jokes, heard all the jokes. We'd go down to the bottom of the strait as a fleet and we'd set a, you know, smaller boats setting off, you know, the pair and the double and what have you. And then us in the quad or the four or whatever, following afterwards and doing our pieces. And it's been really refreshing to do it as a club. And it's been really refreshing to race alongside other boats for a bit of fun and just get used to having someone there and go, right, well, we know they're there, but let's work on what we need to do. And the idea that it's just for big, tall, strong men and women, I'm going to mention two names now that I think need to be looked out for in the future. And that are uh, they are Zoe and Anna of Tiny United Rowing Club, who joined us last year on the Learn to Row course, and who are currently the Bond and Murray of the Northeast when it comes to shifting a pair, catching them in a quad over a thousand meters. It was one of the most painful experiences of my life, and I include pyelonephritis in that assessment. They are fast man they move like greased otters through the water i don't want to know what you've been doing with your otters um no it, it's a natural lubricant it helps insulate them against the cold here in the northeast actually duncan of tyne united has seen an otter down at newburn recently so we we're, we are literally the tyne the tyne the mucky tyne is getting a huge amount of, of wildlife there but yes zoe and anna of tyne united in a pair or a double Fantastic. In, in the space of a year, unbelievable progress. Really, really good rowers. Can, oh God. Oh, right. I, I, I'm, okay. Um, people may have like picked up my kind of like soft Southern Tory boy pretensions, but I'm, I'm going to say one thing. There's been a lot over the past, I think, 18 months, there's been a lot of concern, and, and it's reasonable concern, particularly from River users, about sewage leaving where it's meant to be and ending up in open water, whether that's the sea or whether that's rivers. And this is a terrible thing. But I would like to point out that even since I started running, and certainly since I was born, 
the quality of river water in this country mm. has improved massively. Okay. There are salmon and seals in the Thames. Right. Um, when I've rode it on Medway recently, um, we were buzzed by a seal. Okay. Um, and th these are all kind of homes of traditionally filthy, terribly, terribly polluted rivers. Um, my own kind of like backyard, the, uh, the, the River Stour in Kent, is home to, in no short order, herons, buzzards, kestrels, marsh harriers, kingfishers. Those are the only ones I can remember. I'm not a very good bird watcher. Um, but the, the wildlife and the... Oh, and beavers. We've actually got beavers on the River Stour. Love them. Mm. Um, the level of cleanliness while it's not a perfect ever onward upward curve is getting better i i think britain regardless of who's in the government is progressing on this front i think this is something that's getting better i certainly have been told um even as late as the 90s um falling into the thames out of a boat was a reason to take a trip to the hospital and have your shots. Yes, and it was still technically a dead river up until the 1990s when they began to clean it. And I believe that Kev, if you ever managed to get him at Henley after a few drinks, would tell you many merry tales of rowing on the Irwell, where the water was so warm that it would melt the bottom of the boats as it came out of the Colgate factory. I think the warmth may have been some form of chemical. The, the fact that yeah. he's still alive and Dennis is still alive is, is amazing, but maybe they've mutated. And on the on the subject of the Stour, do we not have to give a massive thanks to Broken Oars listeners who put some their hands in their pockets? They they did. They put their hands in the pockets. And um, the we have got, and yes, thank you very much. We have got enough money. Um, we didn't quite meet our funding target, but... Um, Spitfire Rowing Club is now rich enough to pay for two and a half days work on certain sections of the River Stour that will be uh, completed um, with full licensing from the Environment Agency to trim back some of the overgrowing trees to ensure that we can, um, in fact, all river users can continue to navigate safely down so it's, it's not just about the rowing club it's keeping it open for all users and a massive um, thanks to the broken horse community for chipping in and helping out um yes we thank don't, you very much indeed we don't ask for much other than your patience and we did on this occasion and you responded in, in damn fine style um although this time we are actually asking you to consider um just how hairy your hairy regions need to be and do you need some highly advanced equipment to make them slightly less heavy? I'm biting back the obvious joke about my equipment being highly something anyway. Yes. I, I, I think that about covers it. It um, does indeed. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for listening. It's been a pleasure.